said, we got our third and fourth grade hoops team here today. We're so glad to have you and they're, they're here sitting together representing St. Albert's the basketball team and also be bringing the gifts up. We really, really appreciate you making it a priority to be here today. Well, did you know the days are getting longer now? January, we had two minutes a day of sunshine. And then in March, we had three minutes a day. So that's pretty good. So you might want to begin thinking about getting those sunglasses out. Well, I love today's gospel reading because it's, uh, it's sort of something that's familiar, familiar to us. And it's something that Jesus says on many occasions. Three words, actually. Three words he's speaking to all of you here today, as a matter of fact. And it's these. Come, follow me. Come follow me. He offers it twice today to four men to, I call them rough fishermen. You know, these guys were tough. I mean, they were. They were rough fishermen. And uh, we know from as Jesus would go about in his ministry throughout all of Galilee and, and other places that he was always issuing the call. Come follow me. Come follow me. And, and just like today, some said yes, some said maybe, and some said no. It hasn't changed in 2,000 years, has it? But uh, as he was getting ready to ascend into heaven and go sit at the right hand of the Father, he says something to us, the church. He says, you go and tell them. You tell people to come and follow me. You do it in my name. Now, this is what we commonly call the Great Commission. But uh, after 2,000 years, we know of it more fully as our mission. This is our mission. This is your mission as the church. Well, knowing your mission is very important, isn't it? Because how in the world are you ever going to get there if you don't know where you're going? You ever try to do that? That's hard to do. If you know your mission, then you can establish your actions in order to get there and that's exactly what we see and it's out of those actions that our direction flows what are the actions of the church well i guess you could say they boil down to five five if we if we really want to fulfill our mission in the world here's the five things worship god in word and sacrament teach and share our faith Serve human needs, especially those of the poor and oppressed. Promote holiness of life through continuing conversion and foster justice and reconciliation among all God's people. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? You know, we live in a, in a, a tough world today where a lot of people are becoming disillusioned with life. That's not unusual. We all go through that. Uh, at some point, we, oh, we love this, we love that, and then we get into it, and it disappoints us. It's like, well, this isn't good. And we say, well, I want to be a part of something that's bigger than me. Have you ever said that? I want to be a part of something that's greater than me, and I want whatever it is, I want to do a lot of good through it. Yeah, I want to do good in the world. I, I want to make this world a better place to live in. Well, you know, as I reflected upon that, I thought of this. That's the church. That's the church. Isn't it true? It's something bigger than you. 
and it's something that does a tremendous amount of good in the world. Well, that's what we're called to. Not to be fishers of fish. I mean, Jesus used that illustration today because he was dealing with fishermen. Uh, I found it very interesting today. Uh, what I'm going to talk about now is what does fishing for fish have to do with fishers of souls? How do you, how, what's the similarity there that Jesus has that he's trying to talk and convey? But you know what I found? People that are really fisher, fishermen that I know, some of them professional. We have one highly professional one in here. Boy, when I said that this morning, he just perked up. I want to hear what he's got to say. You know, I want to know what he's got to say. See, he made a connection. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's trying to make connections with us. Things in our everyday life that we understand that he says, this is similar to that. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to see how that being a fisher of men is like being a fisher of fish. How do those two go together? Combine that, mix that with uh, the, the words and teachings of Jesus. And then how do we apply it in our little worlds? You, do you realize how many little worlds there are out in, this, out in this assembly today? You think of the number of relationships that you have with other people. Right? It, would, it would jump up into the thousands, wouldn't it? All the little connections. So if we're called to be fishers of souls, have you ever thought of that? Have you ever thought of yourself as a fisher of souls? Well, Jesus says you are. Well, no, I can't. Yeah, Jesus says you're a fisher of souls. That's exactly what you are. Well, how do we reach them? How do we reach out in our own little world? A couple things. First of all, go where the fish are biting. You got to do that. You know, uh, there's all, uh, any good fisherman will tell you this. There's certain places to fish that are better than others. Absolutely. You know, that's very true, isn't it? Let me give you an example. Don't go fishing in a dry creek bed. How many fish you think you'll catch there? I'd say probably none, would you? Uh, here's a good one I remember because my dad loved to fish and we'd always go fishing together. Uh, we were, um, the lake that we would fish on is called Norse Lake. I bet some of you've been there down in uh, northern Tennessee there, just above Knoxville. And it was a big lake, but you know, it surprised me, miles and miles of lake. But dad, he knew exactly where to go. I always wondered about that. You know, he'd take that, uh, he had, man, he had a powerful boat. Anybody here got a powerful fishing boat? He had a five-horsepower Sea King. It went about two miles an hour. Oh, man. Trolling motors go faster than that now. Oh, but he was so proud. 1959, bought it at Montgomery Wards, of course. I always wondered how he knew. Then one day I found out. He had some fishing buddies. All y'all ever fishermen has fishing buddies. And one of them was Jim Gordon. Jim Gordon pulled up to the little store that dad, would, that dad ran, and he'd say, Shavi, come out, I want to show you something. He'd let down the truck bed, 
There in a big chest would be a ton of crappies. Oh, man, Dad's eyes got about that because he loved fish. And he said, Jim, where'd you go? Jim, tell him. And that's how he knew where to go fishing, wasn't it? You got to go where the fish are biting. Now, what's that got to do with the fishers of souls? Well, you got to go where the fish are biting, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and where people are open and receptive to the good news of Jesus. Jesus tells us where to go in Acts 1, 1 8. I'm sure you've read it. Here's why he told them. He's getting ready to go up into heaven. He's got his disciples gathered together. And he says, you're going to be my disciples. I want you to go and tell. Invite others to come and follow me. You're going to start in Jerusalem. Then you're going to go into Judea. Then you're going to go into Samaria. And yes, even to the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, if you know anything about geography and where he was at that time, you understand this. They were in Jerusalem. Actually, they were on the Mount of Olives looking at Jerusalem. He says, start right here. And then move out into Judea. That's where it would be like the outer range. And then Samaria would be the outer, outer range. And then he says, even to the uttermost parts of the earth. Start where you are and move out in your own little world. Where's our Jerusalem? Where's your Jerusalem? Who are you most clo in close proximity to? Well, that's your family, isn't it? In your little world, that'd be your family. Jesus says, go fishing for the souls of people in your family. That's where you start. That's what I like about today. All these families are fishing for the souls of their children. You're here because your children are important. I really appreciate that. So you know where to go fishing. And that's really, really important, isn't it? But then you branch out into your church, into your job, where you play, into your community. All of those kinds of things. But you start in your family, and then you go out from there. The second thing you do is you have to take the right equipment and tackle. You know, if you're trolling, or you're going to several places on a lake, you're going to need a boat. Take a boat with you, otherwise you're going to have problems. If you're going night fishing, well, take a lantern with you so that you can see, you know. You gotta take the right equipment if you wanna do the right job, uh, or the tackle. You gotta have the right fishing rod. You gotta have the right uh, strength test of line on that rod. You gotta have hooks, lures, bait, all those kinds of things. You can't fish without the right stuff. You can't, and that's particularly true of the bait. I can remember an old, another old, one of Dad's old fishermen, Damon Williams. Man, he was a great car mechanic. He could fix any kind of car. You know, but he, he'd come up to the store and he'd say, Shavi, come out here, I want to show you something. He'd open the truck bed, there'd be that chest again, 
He'd pull it up, and guess what? It'd be full of fish. Oh, Dad's eyes would get about that big. Damon, how'd you, what, are you, what are you fishing with? Well, you need doll flies. Yellow ones now. Don't use white or pink, he says. Got to be the right size. He says if you want to try for some bass, you might try that Rapala minnow. But you got to whip it just right with the rod. Well, he's going to do that. And that's what he'd do. That's what he'd take with him to go fishing. But there's one thing I never understood, because he took me a lot. He'd give me a doll fly, and I'd put it on there, and I'd drop it down in the water and wait for something to wiggle on it and pull on it. And I'd get something, and I'd jerk on it, you know, whoof. Oh, man, I thought I got, you know what I caught? A stump. <laughs> and I caught about, and after catching about three of them, Dad said, son, you need to go to sinkers and hooks now. I'm not going to have any lures left by the time you get done fishing. What type of equipment and tackle do you think Jesus would say you need in order to be a fisher of souls? Did you know you're a fisher of souls? Jesus says you are. I believe Jesus. Well, you want to take the word of God with you. You want to take prayer. You want to be bathed in prayer. But you know the, what attracts people the most? I found this over time. You know what's the greatest bait? You know what it is? A holy life. A righteous life. A life, the love of God, that is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. There you go. That's what lures people. That is the bait. And when people see your life, when they see your love of God, when they see your love for them, and why it is that you're acting that way, they'll take the bait. I think Jesus was right on that point. The third thing is with fishing, you've got to be persistent. You know, you, uh, some, I know when I was real little, you'd go out there and you'd expect to catch something every time you throw it out. It doesn't work that way, does it? You got to be persistent, don't you? I can remember being out with Dad all night, not catch a thing, not one hit. Now, I'm not talking about in a nice luxury boat. I'm talking about one you can't lay in, it's too small. You got to sit up and you got to wait. I'd say, Dad, well, it's time for us to go into the shore. We're not getting nothing. You know what he'd say? No, we're not going anywhere. We're going to stay right here. Well, I didn't understand that until one night. Didn't have a, didn't, one hit, not one hit. About 4 o'clock in the morning, they started hitting. And they just came in and came and fish, 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 fish. You know, he didn't have to say a word to me. All he had to do was look at me and grin. I knew what he was thinking. See, persistence pays off. Persistence in being a fisher of souls pays off. I want to talk a little bit right now about all these young parents here. 
Your persistence in being here pays off. You know, I know sometimes we think, my God, all they do is wiggle. They don't get anything. I didn't know that. See, the Holy Spirit's at work in the life of that child. They are getting something out of it. They'll wiggle. I watch moms and dads pick them up, take them out. You know, they're getting something out of that. What you got to do is be persistent. So that their soul can be caught. Fishers of souls. And one other thing when it comes to persistence. Be persistent in getting involved. Now I've heard this story about a million times. So I know it's true. People join the church. They say, they fill out their stewardship card and say, I want to get involved in this and this. And then they say, well, nobody ever called me. Nobody ever called me. Well, I know it's a very honorable thing that you did, but what do you do if you really want to get involved? Be persistent. That's right. You don't give up on the first call. My gosh. You know what you do? You bug the heck out of the parish office. That's what you do till you get an answer. And you'll get one. And if you don't, you can ask me, and I'll get you one. But you will. I mean, we're not perfect here. Our, our system's flawed. It has its problems. Be persistent. Who is the most persistent person in the world as I think about this? It's that guy right over there hanging on the cross. What if he said, well, I don't feel like it today? No, he didn't do that. He climbed up on that cross for you and for me. God bless all of you. Let's go fishing, church.